All right. Um, so we today's daf is daf nun, page fifty. We're two lines for the bottom of mem tes on the base forty nine b. Yeah, we all got it. Two lines for the bottom. Here we go. Zok the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, "Kimasayu b'chayil v'cholu." The same way, the the uh, oh, what's slipping me? Come on, the nisa chamayim was done during the week. It was also done on Shabbos. But the Mishnah says that during the week they would go down to the shilayach and draw the water that day. When it was Shabbos, they would draw the water on Friday. Now the Mishnah had pointed out. The Mishnah had told had taught us that even though this is Memches Amad Aleph, even though uh, they would fill it up on Erev Shabbos, no, I'm, I'm, I'm in the wrong Mishnah, give me one second. This is the Mishnah, yeah, the Mishnah starts with Memches Amad Aleph and goes to Memches Amad Beis. Yeah, so the Mishnah, if you want to look back at the Mishnah, it's Kemaseu Bechel Kach Maseu Beshabbos, it's about eight lines from the, from the top of Memches Amad Beis. The Mishnah said, the same way they did the Nisach HaMayim on Shabbos, they did the, the, on weekday they did it on Shabbos as well, except, I'm just recording the Mishnah back there, They would dafka make sure to fill up the water on Friday for Shabbos and put it into a golden vessel that was not holy. It was a, it was a vessel that was Eno Mikudeshes. It was not one of the vessels that were set aside for the service of the Beis HaMikdash, and they would leave it in the Lishka, okay? And they had to make sure that nothing went wrong with it, it didn't get uncovered. Now let's read our Gemara here. So Gemara, why was it necessary to draw the water on Friday and put it into a golden vessel that's not holy? Put it into a Klishares. Let it be in a holy vessel. This is going to be wonderful. We have a couple more approaches. Ziri says like this. The town of our Mishnah holds that there's, there's no um, limit, we'll call it. Ain shear means there's no measurement. It really means there's no limit to how much water needs to be put in there. No upper limit. And the klisha race is mekadesh even shaloi midas. Okay, it's going to sanctify something even if it doesn't have the das of of kedushin. Now the the issue over here is as follows: the issue is that granted we need to draw the water prior to Shabbos that we understand. Okay, as far as carrying on Shabbos, however, there's an issue if you leave it overnight in a holy vessel. It's you're going to have the issue of lina, right? Where something's left overnight, it's no longer allowed to be used for a davar shebekdusha. It's no longer allowed to be used for the avoda. And since there's no maximum limit, hence you can't say, "Oh, the first quarter of the water is not," uh, you know, that was that was meant for the avoda. Everything else was not. Therefore, it's not lina. No, there's no maximum amount. So no matter how much you put in, says the iri, you're going to run into a problem of overnight, leaving water overnight. Aye, that wasn't your das, so what? He says, okay? Either way, the klishares being mikadashin, and now I'm going to run into a problem, which is that the, I'm not going to be allowed to use the water for the avayda. 
Go ahead. Gvaldik. All right, that's the end of Memtes on base. We now turn to today's Dav. I, the Mikudeshes, and therefore, if you put in Mikudeshes, good, good, good. If, so, if Salulahu Benila, you're going to have an issue of overnight, period. So, we just finished the first line. Rabiel, I'm going to hazard right now what we just said. You ready? Here's what we just said. We had, we had two main steps in the Gemara so far. The Mishnah had said that for the Nisuch HaMayim of Shabbos, they would draw the water on Friday and put it into a vessel that was not holy. Says the Gemara, why does it need to be in an unholy vessel? Put it in a holy vessel. Let it be a holy vessel. What's wrong with that? Ziri says, no, if you put it into a holy vessel, then it automatically, the water automatically becomes set aside for Yavayda. It's going to attain Kedusha, and anything that's hectish, which is left overnight, now becomes disqualified. Therefore, we dafka put it into an unsanctified golden vessel. This way, there's no issue of overnight water. Beseder? Okay, we're now up to the second line on Nunam Ralef. Chizkiya gives another approach. And Chizkiya says, we're all going to focus on this idea of whether a klisharis automatically is makadash or not. So Chizkiya says, klisharis ain't makadash and alabidas. He says, a klisharis, you need das to sanctify. Therefore, technically, you could put into a holy vessel and just keep in mind that I don't intend to make it holy. It's an holy vessel, but my das is not, is, my das is, it shouldn't be holy till tomorrow. However, he says, you still can't do that because people, you know, a mind is a very powerful thing. You never know what's going on in somebody's mind. Right? You never know. It's a big issue nowadays. Yeah, especially when we don't know how to talk to each other anymore and everything is through writing and text message and WhatsApps and emails. It's very hard to understand a person's tone, whether they're being cynical, frank, uh, serious, joking around. It's a very hard thing. And a lot of machleiksin and a lot of misunderstandings start due to things that really can't be seen and are, and are assumptions. So says Chizkiah, since a klishari, uh, he says, by the way, if you put water into a klisharis and your intent is that it should not be holy? It's not holy. Um, okay, that's great. So then it could sit overnight. No. Because people don't know that your das specifically what is not to sanctify it. And since pe- nobody are, is a mind reader, you have to assume that people assume that you put it into a klisharis with das. That is Chizkiah's take. Amar Rabbi Yanai, Amar Avzerah. Rabbi Yanai says in the name of Rabbi Zera, even if you're going to say that there is a, a um, uh, upper limit, the, you know, there is a maximum of how much water could be put in, and you could still, and you could also say that a klisharis needs das. However, still, Uxera, the Rabbana made a decree that it must be put into a golden, non-holy vessel, Shema Yomru Malon, because people are going to think that you didn't even put the water in for the purpose of Nisochamai, and they're going to think it had been there for a while, and then they're going to think if it had been there for a while, which means 
a few days prior, Yom Kippur, that means they're going to think that the water's been there and it's been there since Yom Kippur, so it naturally is going to be Kaddish because it's there, they're going to think it's there from the Kiar, and they'll even make a mistake so far, says Rav Yanai Amr Avjir, that's how far you need to be concerned about, about uh, people making a mistake. Period. Okay, end of the Gemara. But here's the bottom line. Let's, let's just give a quick review for our own minds. The Gemara had a question. The question was, why must it be put into a vessel that's not holy? One attempted, not one attempted, but one answer is in order to make sure you don't run into the overnight problem. Another answer is you're not going to run into an overnight problem, but people are going to think that you had dust to sanctify it and then you'd have an overnight problem because of what it looks like. And the final answer is, is that even if people will not think that you did it with Das now, they might even think you put the water there from Yom Kippur time and, and uh, you're allowed to use Kaddish water from the Kiar because this was, you know, this looked similar to the Kiar. You, you use similar water, you're allowed to take water from the Kiar that had been there for days and they're going to think you're allowed to use holy water and that's a mistake. Kitzer, we don't want to do anything that's going to cause mistakes. Hence, put it into a klisharis that is not holy. It's very clear that there's no, uh, there's no issue here of overnight water. Period. End of the Gemara. Okay. Then the Mishnah said, they would draw, what did they do for the Nisach HaMayim on Shabbos? They would draw water from the Shiloh on Friday, put it into a golden, non-holy vessel. What happened if the water spilled or got uncovered? Okay? So we said they wouldn't go back to the Shilayach. It's Shabbos now. So they take water from the Kir. Says the Gemara of Amai, why do you need to take water from the Kir? Put it through a strainer. Sananes is a strainer. Now, What's it going to help? Listen to this. Because why can't I use the, uh, the water that was uncovered? Listen to this. Uh, even when you strain something, you're still going to have an issue of the fact that it was uncovered overnight. Now Rashi explains there's an issue if you leave a drink uncovered overnight. Some of us are familiar with this of a snake coming and sticking its venom into the water and it's going to be, it's going to be dangerous. So Nehemiah right, says that um, uh, what if you have the ability to strain the venom out? Okay? Even when you have a strainer, you're still going to have an issue with gilu, the fact that something was left uncovered. When is that true? That's when the bottom one was open. The bottom one remained covered. Even though the top is uncovered, the bottom one is still going to be okay. Okay, this is again after it goes through the strainer. Right, whatever is able to sift through to the bottom is going to be allowed. Because the venom of a snake is like a spug, is like a sponge, meaning it stays in one spot, meaning you can, you can filter it out, you could strain it out. 
the whole prohibition of drinking an uncovered water or using uncovered water is when you don't strain it. But when you strain it, whatever went through to, went through to the bottom and, and uh, came through pure, there's no issue whatsoever. So that is not in line with our Mishnah because our Mishnah said if it's uncovered, you can never use it. Then Mechemia says, uh, no, you could use it, just strain it. Okay? So our Mishnah must not be Reb Nechemia. To which the Gemara responds, no, not necessarily. Maybe it could even be Reb Nechemia. Maybe when does Reb Nechemia say that all you need to do is strain out the water and the, the venom of the snake will come out and it's safe to drink? That's by a regular, uh, a regular person, yeah? A regular Tom, Dick, and Harry. A regular guy who wants to drink a water. No, fine, strain it out and but when it comes to the, the perfection needed in the Avayda of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, yeah, you're going to say that it's okay to use strained, strained water, filtered water, right? Of course not. You give the best of the best, to clear, something that was never tainted in the first place. But let's lay the Reb Nechemia. Doesn't Reb Nechemia hold of Akriveyu Nolib Chasecha, Hayyirtzecha, Hayyisa Panecha, would you give this and show your face in front of HaKadosh Baruch Amar Hashem Tzavakai says Hashem, meaning when you show up to royalty, you don't, uh, you, know, you don't give the second cut. Second cut, I think, is better than the first cut or not as good. It doesn't work with meat. I'm not sure. Right? You give the prime cut. You give the best. Right? And Mamela, therefore, even though Reb Nechemia says that a regular person could drink strained water or filtered from the venom of the snake, maybe he would still agree with our Mishnah that when it comes to the water that's left overnight, um, straining would not suffice because only the best for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Beautiful idea, beautiful limut in our Avaidah Sashem. Hadran Allah Lula Varaba. Hadran Allah Lula Varaba. Hadran Allah Lula Varaba will return to you. Perek Lula Varaba. Be'ezah Sashem is Barach. And now, Mazel Tov to everybody who completed the fourth parak, and now we begin the fifth and final parak of Meseches Sukkah. Gavaldik. Here we go. Here we go. Let's learn some Torah. They would play the flute either five days of Sukkot or six days of Yomtif. Now the, the um, um, Rashi doesn't say this, but Rashi barvarns. Rashi kind of forewarns us that a chalil is a flute, but it's not specific to flute. It means musical instruments which were played alongside the Nisa Hamayim. Okay? Now, the reason why we're mentioning the flute is different opinions. Some say because the flute was the most pronounced instrument in the band, in the orchestra, right? It has a very unique sound to it. So we're, that, that's why we use the Khalil as the example. Others say that the Khalil kind of had a special solo uh, in, uh, you know, in the orchestra. There were certain times in the Shira that was saying that only the Khalil would be used. But just keep in mind, when we talk about the Khalil, we're talking about the instruments that were used, laharbais simcha, to add to the joy of the moment. Okay. So, hachalil chamisha v'shisha. 
Sometimes the flute, the instruments were played five days of Yom Tif, sometimes six days of Yom Tif. Zehu Khalil Shabisa and this is the Khalil, the flute that was played by the Simchas Beis Hayeshueva. Shaina Dechalois Shabbos Vaisa Yom Tif. Why sometimes was it five? And why sometimes was it six? The Gemara will explain shortly, but just realize that this which is here, Lahar Baispasimcha to add the Simcha, was not allowed to be played on Shabbos and was not allowed to be played on Yom Tif. Okay, so I, what's going to happen? So listen to this, right? If the first day of Yom Tif fell out on Shabbos, so would we play the flute? No. But in Eretz Yisrael, we're talking about the Beis Hamikdash, right? The next, uh, the, the next six days, which is through the seventh day of Yom Tif, we played the flute. Right? Because remember, Sukkot has no Yom Tif at the end. There's Shmini Atzeres at the end. Sukkot really is, the, in, in the Beis Hamikdash, the first day was holy. Then there's five days of of Chol uh, and the seventh day is Hashanah Rabbah. Okay, so the only day if if Sukkot falls out on the first day, Shab- if if yeah, if the first day of Sukkot falls out on Shabbos, they're going to play the flute six days. Let's say the the first day of Sukkot fell out any other day, so now you're not going to play the flute on Yom Tif. Let's say Yom Tif started on Thursday, you're not going to start to play the flute on Thursday, and you're not going to play the flute on Shabbos Chol so you're stuck with five days of flute. Because you're not because the Mishnah says it's not Daicha Layasa Shabbos Layas Yantav. It's not Daicha Shabbos or Yamtiv. Good. So what do you say? Right. Great question. Good. Excellent. Rabbi Ravinsky is asking a bomb question, which is that there's no Gezeira de Rabbanon, uh, which there's no rabbinical boundaries that existed within the Beis HaMikdash. It wasn't necessary because the Kahanim were so careful. So what you see from over here, the Mepharshim explained, is that that is only true when you have a mitzvah mid Rabbanon to do. Okay? Or you have a mitzvah to do, then the Rabbanon don't kick in. The Khalil was not a mitzvah to play at all. The Khalil was just there as a beautiful instrument in the orchestra, but there was no reason to play the flute in the Beis HaMikdash other than enhancing the orchestra. Okay? And therefore, we're coming out with a Chiddush here, a novel idea. We're real mamas going out a Chiddush. That this that we say, Ein Shavos B'Mikdash, only applies for things that the Beis HaMikdash needed to function. But if something... It wasn't necessary for the Beis HaMikdash to function. The rabbinic decree remained in place. Beautiful. Okay. Gavab. All right. And they now turn to the top of Amud Beis. And we start the Gemara. No, Amud Beis. In Mar we learn. Rav Yudav Ravina. Rav Yudav Ravina say. And Rav and Ravina argue. Chad Amar is called the Simcha Space Hayishu Eva. The Simcha of the drawing of the water. The Chad Amar Chashuva. It was the simcha, the, the, the simcha of the chashava, uh, of, the, of the chashava joy. Okay? If you call simcha, you're not making a mistake. 
You're also not making a mistake. You're both right. How so? It's not a mistake. You draw the water with sasa and with gladness. So you see, you see simcha, yeah, along with usha'avtem with shayeva. Mantoni chashuva loy mishtabeish. Yomar of Nachman mitzvah chashuva he it's mamish a chashuva mitzvah a chashuva mitzvah. Ubos mishish me brachis, which dates back all the way back to shish me brachis. How so? What what we learned yesterday? Zograshi, zograshi over here. What we learned yesterday? The shisin, yeah, birachis barachis. The, these holes that the water were poured down in the Mizbeach was created during my separation. So it's Mamish, Mamish Choshev. Yeah, it's a Choshev Azach. It was Mamish, one of the, it's a first part, uh, one of the first things made during my separation. Okay. So if you want to start a fad of writing in the Shul Bulletin, everybody's welcome to join the Simchas Beis HaChashuvah. Uh, all right. Gesundte Heit. You can give it a try. Yeah. Some eh, people need attention in different ways. All right, fine. You, you, you give it a shot. You know, start a conversation. Gavaldic, period. Next part of the Gemara. Tan Rabban, the rabbis, so shui hacholo doicha esa shabbos. The playing of the flute is doicha shabbos. Is that our Mishnah? No. Divrei Rabbi Yisib Rabbi Yehuda. Chomam, chom say af yom tevina doicha. Not only is it not doicha shabbos, it's not even doicha yom tevam. Rabbi Yisib Rabbi Yisib says machlekes b'shir shal korban. The machlekah is by the shir shal carbon. Yeah, everything's up, up and going. Yeah, you should be yeah. fine. Okay. The, the machlekah is by the shir shell carbon um, about the songs that were played along with the carbons. Rabbi Yaisi, so by Rabbi Yaisi says, Ikra shira The main shira that is supposed to be along with the carbon is using a cleat, using a vessel, using a instrument. And since Ikra shira since the main part of the singing is with instruments, and there's a mitzvah to sing shira, so to have an instrument is mamish shechelak of the avayda v'daiches shabbos, and it should be daiches shabbos along with any carbon that you're obligated to bring. Rabbanon Sabri, no ikra shira The main singing is kumzit style, yeah, with your mouth. and the instruments therefore are not a. Uh, integral part of the Avoid in the Beis Hamikdash. Therefore, ve'enay deicha es Shabbos. It's not deicha Shabbos. I will share shal shayeva, but the singing of the Simchas Beis Hashoeva or Simchas Beis Hashuva. Divrei Akol Simchi. Everybody agrees that it is not in Avoida. It is there to increase um, joy and gladness. Ve'enay deicha es Shabbos, and therefore it is not deicha Shabbos. Period. End of that discussion. Yeah. So the the chalil, what we just clarified, is something that we really mentioned the mission already, and that is the playing of the chalil according to the chachamim is not deicha shabbos because it's really not necessary for the avoda. If you don't have a flute, if you don't have the instruments, the avoda will be just as valid. It's not something the beis hamikdash needs uh, per se to function, but it's there for added added gladness. Something that's there as an addition. Is not allowed. Is not daicha shabbos. Okay. Amar Rabbi Yosef. Rabbi Yosef said, "Minamina de bahapligi. How do I know about the source of the machlokes between Rabbi Yosef 
And Rabbi Yosef had said the machlekes is by the singing of the carbon, where Rabbi Yosef holds the main is with instruments and the chum say it's with singing. Says Rabbi Yosef, How do I know that the machlekes Rabbi Yosef and the chachamim is about whether the instrument is, is about whether ikar shira bekli or ikar shira bepeh? How do I know that that's what they're arguing about? The Tanya, because we learned in a brace, klisharis shal sa'an shal eitz. Let's say you have a klisharis that is made shall eats. It's made from wood. What happens in such a case where you make your klisharis um, out of wood? All right. Says the Gemara, okay. Um, Rebbe Paiso, Rebbe says no good. Let's say the Torah says, for example, the Torah says, for example, that, um, you know, the, the shochan is supposed to be made out of, uh, made out of gold, Okay, the iron, gold-plated. Let's say I just leave it as wood. Let's say it's made from wood. Okay? Um, lost the place, I'm sorry. Yeah. And then, and then uh, so the, I'm sorry, let me say this again. You have the iron, made out of wood and covered in gold. That's the art. What about the menorah? What if I make the menorah out of wood and covered in gold? What if I do the same thing to the shulchan? Right? I make it wood, and then, uh, you know, I color it and plate it with whatever the Torah says it needs to be. Rabbi says, Nishgit. Isn't this the machlaikas? That the main shira is bikli. The afinon me'abubad the and we're going to learn it out from the instruments of Maishir Abenu. Now, by Maishir Abenu, he used his vessels, and that were he used vessels that were made out of wood. So, if he used it made out of wood, and later on the Torah, oh, and and then uh, that you know we know that in the base Hamikdash, the instruments were made out of metal, but it was still valid in the times of Maishir Abenu. Okay, you see from here that when the Torah says something you made out of gold, i.e., the Menorah. If you do make it out of wood, it's still going to be good. It'll be fine. You weren't supposed to do it, but okay. But it's going to be fine. The same way Maishu Rabbeinu's instruments are made out of wood. Uman the puzzle, suffer Iker Shir Bepeh. The one who said this puzzle holds Iker Shir Bepeh. And you can't learn it out from Maishu Rabbeinu's flute because that was a separate time and a separate place. Umar says, Everybody agrees, Iker Shir and therefore, before we even got to later on by the Beis HaMikdash and in the Midbar, it was integral for the Kalim to be made appropriately. And the Machlekes here is whether you could learn out a situation where it's possible to do it right from a situation where it's not possible to do it right. It's a beautiful idea. Let's read this. Here's the question. When you have a situation where you're stuck, you're stuck. out in the midbar. Okay? So he had wood to make his flute, to make his instruments. Because that's what happened then, we should apply that now. Some things only work when there's no other option, there's no substance. But just because you once did that, when you had no other choice. All of a sudden, it means that when you have another choice, 
that you're allowed to rely on the same thing? No. The question is, can you be done in Efshir Mishi Efshir? Can you learn out a place where now I have the possibility? You say, oh, well, what I didn't have the possibility of anything else, you said it was okay. Even now that I have the possibility of something else, I don't need to do it right. I'll still do it wrong. Machlekes. Or you could say, Maybe everybody's in agreement that Ikrashira is done with the mouth anyway. Right? So now, does it make a difference how the instruments of Vaish Rabbeinu were, were made? No. They ain't done Efshir Mishi Efshir. Beautiful. And here the Machlekes says whether to learn out the Menaira from a Klalu Prat or a Riboy U Miut. Now, these are two separate ways to make drushas. A klalu prat means when something is uh, broad, a broader term, and a prat is specific. There's, there's one way the darshan a klalu prat, a broad, when the Torah first gives a broader term, and then a more specific term. And there's another way if you darshan something as a riboy umiyat. Riboy means uh, inclusive, and miyot means exclusive. Now, what does this mean? So the Gemara is going to take us here. Rebbe Darish Klali Uprati. Rebbe is going to be learning out from Maisha Rabbeinu's instruments. The I'm sorry. Rebbe is going to be learning out from the Menaira, a drasha using the Mahalich of broad and specific. A riboy, a, a, a Klalu Prat. And Rebbe Bar Yudah Darish Riboy Umit. He's going to be using... A inclusive, he's going to make the drasha viewing the larger term as an inclusive term and an exclusive term. Now let's explain. Okay, that was pretty vague. One's learning it as a klalu prat, general and specific, and one's learning as a ribuyumiyut, which is inclusive and exclusive. Let's explain. Rebbe Darish Kaliu Prati, Rebbe learns the halachas of the Menaira from using the rules of general and specific. Va'asisa menairas is a cloud. You should make the menaira seems to imply general. That's a broad term. You can make the menaira however you want, right? Va'asisa menairas. You can make the menaira. Zohav tahar. But then it says, oh, it's got to be pure gold. Prat. That's more specific. Right? You can make it that general. Now we're specifying. Then it says, Miksha te ase menaira. Hammered out, the menaira should be made with what? Doesn't say. Chazaru klau. So we're going back to a more, to a, to a broader term. So we have a broader term of asisa uh, menairas. A specific term of Zohav Tar, it's got to be pure gold, but then it says, hammer it out. Hammer what out? Doesn't say. So we're going back to a broad term. So I have a klal, upradu klal. I have a broad term, specific term, and a broad term again. How does that work whenever we find such a thing? Anything in the broader terms of make the manera are limited to what was specified, it's limited to the pure gold word. Just like in the specific words, it was gold. I'm sorry, it was metal. It said gold, but 
we know that it can't be just gold, because even though it said gold, it also had broader terms. So it's gold broadened. Maha prat shomateches, just like the gold is a metal, afkol shomateches. So too, if you make the menorah out of any type of metal, it should be okay. So if you darshan klalu prat, it would be permitted to make the menorah out of metal, but not wood. Okay. Rabbi Yisib bar Yehuda darshri means. Rabbi Yisib bar Yehuda darshans the words using the rules of inclusivity and exclusivity. Make the menorah, that is an inclusive word. Make it out of everything. Reba. Zohab tahar. Pure gold. Very specific. Miit. It's now exclusive to Zohab tahar. But then it says, Hammered out of anything. That seems to be an inclusive term. I'm going to darshan this as a riboy miyot veriba. What happens when you have an inclusive word, one exclusive word, and then you do another inclusive word, then riba hakol. That includes everything, except for a few specific things. My rabbi, so what's it coming to include? Komili, it's coming to include um, everything, not limited to metal. And my miyot, but one second, if it includes everything, why did it say, uh, why did it say Zohav Tar? Why did it say Zohav Tar? What do you gain by that? I mean, it must be that we want to be exclusive about something. Miyot, shell, cheres. That's coming to exclude pottery, okay? Because pottery has a whole different way of of um, it's 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 a pottery was very easily made by all types of people. Apparently, wooden vessels is more similar to gold vessels as far as hashivas. Pottery is considered a little more, you know, on the the lower level, more of the you know the we'll call it the dollar store uh, general type of thing. You know, where you know you're gonna buy, okay, you, something's architected by a dollar tree, but expect to buy it again. Okay, so it's good that, but you just expect that it ain't, ain't going to be around too long. That, that's the mahalach of pottery. And therefore, according to him, you would be permitted, according to Rezi Rayuda, it would be permitted to make the menorah out of wood. Period. And we'll hold it here for today.